Hi, my name is Emma. Hi, my name is Xavier, and we would like to welcome you to Curious Conversations, a podcast for kids, by kids. It's a podcast where we have conversations with adults and kids from all walks of life to learn about their passions and what inspires them, which we know will inspire us and hopefully inspire you, too. Why else, you might ask? Well, we love to ask questions. We are twins, and we just turned 11, and we have over a decade of experience being kids and having a point of view on many topics. We thought a podcast would be a great way to learn something new and explore our interests in a different way, so we thought, why don't we give it a try? On today's episode, we have our very first international interview and our very first mother-daughter duo. We can't wait to talk to Emily Chang Pollard and her daughter Anya. Emily is a Canadian living in Sweden and is a graphic designer and avid traveler. There are so many different things with this interview I'm looking forward to. I'm so excited to talk to Emily and Anya about what it's like to live in Sweden. And we are doing our first mother-daughter duo. We thought it would be fun to hear about things like international travel and living in a different country from an adult and a kid. And there is one more thing. We haven't met Emily or Anya yet, but Emily went to high school with her mom, and this is one of her oldest friends. I am hoping Emily can tell us some fun stories about mom and her high school friends. Xavier, why don't you tell us a bit more about Emily and Anya? Emily is born and raised Chinese-Canadian, and she has been living in Stockholm, Sweden, since 2006. Her husband, Stefan, is a Swedish-American and also a twin. They are parents to their 10-year-old daughter, Anya. Emily's first university degree was in economics. Right after she graduated, she realized that she really wanted to work in a creative field, so she decided to study graphic design. Her first design jobs were in New York City where she lived for five years before moving to Sweden. Right now, Emily is working in an art director at the fashion brand M&M, where she creates marketing campaigns specifically for the kids' department. Emily's interested in all things designing, but also enjoys cooking, photographing, traveling, writing, and being out in nature. Her, but her biggest passion is definitely traveling. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. So fun. So fun to be here with you guys. Good to meet you. Uh, well, I'm obviously Emma. He's Xavier. We're going to start just asking you for a couple questions. Um, I'm going to start what me and my brother are really curious about. So you went to high school with my mom, our mom, um, at Havergal College in the boarding system. So do you have any stories from when your friends were in... <laughs> oh my goodness, that is um, a good question and uh, and one that I'm actually not 100% prepared for. I mean, we have a lot of stories. Um, as you know, we boarded together for, I think it was three years. And um, yeah, I mean, we, we spent so much time together. I also heard that you guys used to steal ice cream bars from the kitchen. <laughs> We we did do that. We used to um, we used to sneak into the cafeteria um, at uh, at night, and I don't know even how we managed to find our way into the cafeteria, but we did um, get in there, and we used to steal ice cream bars, and I think we got away with it for 
I don't know. I don't even think we ever got caught. So that was pretty amazing. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> Emily, we want to learn more about what you do. But first, Anya, can you explain what you think your mom does? My mom is a graphic designer. So she works at H&M and designs, or she doesn't design that, but she works with kids' clothes. And she helps decide on pictures how they should look like and what kids, what they should wear and how they should stand and how the background should look like. Okay, now let's see what your mom has to say. Emily, we read on your website today that you were an art director for H&M, but your website also said you were a freelance, freelance creative director and graphic designer. How would you explain that to kids like us? Um, yes, it is a really good question. And to be honest, it's something that I often have to explain not only to kids, but to adults, because it's not at all a really, um, I think it, it can be really uh, unclear what what is graphic design. And, and I think art direction is even less clear what that means. Um, so they are actually two slightly um, different jobs. And I have worked um, as both. So I can maybe start by explaining um, what a graphic designer does, um, because that is actually what I've first been trained to do and what I spent um, many years working with. And so I would say graphic design um, might be best explained as visual problem solving. So, um, so that can take on uh, any number of forms. So a graphic designer can, for example, design book covers or magazine layouts, um, or they can be doing, nowadays it's a lot about websites and, um, and that type of thing. Um, but also it can be um, for brand identities, for example, so doing logos for companies or um, packaging design. So it's really, really wide ranging. It is really about uh, putting, I would say, images and words together in a way that um, communicates clearly, whatever that might be. So if it's a story, if it's, um, for example, a uh, food package, you know, everything from, you know, your cereal boxes to um, your shampoo bottles, like those are all works of graphic design um, that people really think hard about to decide about colors and, you know, text and, you know, what words go on there. So um, I would say graphic design in essence is, is very much about um, how words and images come together to communicate different things in the world around us. Um, so I love to do art, and I was wondering if you did art in school too. Um, yes, definitely. Um, I've always loved art, and when I was a kid, um, I used to always love to draw, so I would do that for fun. And then I took art, you know, of course, like all the way, you know, through high school as well. Um, so, so yeah, definitely, I think that that's often the starting place for a lot of designers. Um, and usually it's maybe a first clue about whether that could be a future um, career for you. Let's talk about how a Canadian ends up living in Sweden and what, and what was it like to move to a new country? That has been uh, really uh, a huge um, 
part of my life has been, you know, the decision to come and, and live in, in Sweden. And um, I did that in back in 2006. So now I've actually lived in Canada. Uh, sorry, I've lived in Sweden for the most of my adult life. And uh, so it's uh, in some ways, it's kind of um, Sweden is as much my home as Canada is as well. Basically, I moved to, to Sweden back in 2006. And um, I would say for a Canadian living in Sweden, um, there are quite a lot of similarities. And I think that in some ways that has made uh, the transition a lot smoother than if I had come from, you know, a totally different country, like, for example, um, India or, you know, somewhere with a completely different climate and culture. Yeah. But I think that um, Canada and Sweden share a lot of things in common. Like, for example, we're both um, countries up in, you know, the north. <laughs> uh, you get pretty much all the seasons, not like... We get all yeah. the seasons. We get um, kind of quite cold and long winters. And, I can relate um, to that. And I, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I think even because of the similar um, sort of geography, we have a lot of similar landscapes. So I think a lot of times when you're out in nature here, there are a lot of places that look like I could be anywhere in Canada. So, you know, we have lots of forests, we have lots of lakes. And I think that um, if you were to go out into the woods here, you could just as easily be in an Ontario forest or in BC somewhere. And and I think in some ways it kind of makes you like it made me feel really comfortable, like right from the start, because um, I already knew how to dress for the seasons. And, you know, a lot of things really looked similar. When we went to Sweden, it was like three years ago, I think. I, I, we were like driving down a road and it just looked like the same thing as if you were going to like, like an airport, like you have to pass through some, you go city, kind of like, then like this kind of cool landscape. The thing I found most interesting, I, so we, we recently went to like a friend's cottage this summer and there were like kind of like rocks built into the grass and road and that kind of reminded me of a certain road. When we went down street and I was like, oh, that's so weird. Yeah, it's so cool that you guys came here, actually. What did you think of it? I found it very similar, like as you said. I I really, I did enjoy that we, I forget the museum name. What, what was it called? Anyways, it, there was like a ship built, it was built around the ship and that, I found that really interesting. Yeah, that one's called um, Vasamuseet, which is the, the big ship that sunk um, and they dug it up and now it's a museum. It's super cool. That's a kind of a very cool way to build a museum. Yeah, it's really cool. So Anya, we know you have spent a little bit of time in Canada as well. Do you know what you think the similarities or differences between living in Canada and living in Sweden? Well, I think the language is a big part of the difference since here we speak mm -hmm. Swedish and there you speak English. Yes. But it's also different since I think you learn French in school, right? And we learn English. Yeah, we do. Yes, we do. And we learn English in school like you learn naturally. Wow. See, I'm not I'm not very good at French, so I think you do much more better in English class than I do in French because that's like one of my least favorite subjects. <laughs> oh. Well, that's the thing um, which is pretty amazing about Sweden and which also made it really easy to move here. 
um, as a Canadian is that everyone speaks such good English here. And maybe you noticed that when you visited Sweden, but basically mm-hmm, yeah. everyone speaks English. So you can go into any store, you can almost count on the fact that the person is going to totally understand you and be able to speak almost perfectly back with you without having any trouble and so it's um that's what a really so we you get really lucky being an english speaker so life is um is a lot smoother uh, just because everyone is so good at english um do you both speak fluent swedish um is, is that a question for me or for anya yeah uh, both of you both of you <laughs> Um, well, I can, I'll speak for myself. Um, I would say that I have, um, a working knowledge of Swedish. So, um, ah. so I, uh, I'm at the point now where I can, um, speak and understand in most situations. Um, but I'm definitely not a hundred percent fluent. Like I make mistakes all the time and it's definitely not perfect and Anya corrects me all the time as well um so you know I I think it's really the difference when between like learning a language you know from when you're a kid to having to sort of learn a language when you're in your 30s which is you know when I moved here but I tend to continue to speak English for example at work and and we speak English at home um, most of the time But Anya, <laughs> I often speak Swedish since I go to school in that language. Mm-hmm. But I also speak a lot of English since I have a lot of relatives from America and Canada. So I can understand both languages pretty fluently. But there's some if I, for example, gone to school for an entire day in Swedish, maybe I forget lots of words in, in English for a while. Just because I've gone in Swedish, and it mm. can also be vice versa. With if I speak spoken a lot of English, then I can get some Swedish for a while. It's so impressive. So we know you went to school in Canada for a bit a couple of years ago. Can you tell us what the similarity, the similarities and differences between um, school in Canada and school in Swedish? Um, I'd say since you guys start school when you were five, and here mm-hmm. in Sweden we start when we're six. So when that's I went, interesting. When I went to school in Canada, I went in grade two because that's the grade I would have gone if I was in Sweden. So I should have been in grade eight. I mean grade three instead of grade two because um, they were more of the level I was since they were more of the same age as I was. Yeah, so basically Anya was in, you were in grade um, two with, with a lot of kids who were one year younger than you, actually. So um, so that was a big difference. Yeah. So we have questions for you, Anya. Um, we already asked you what's your first language. So what is your favorite candy or sweets that you like to eat? I don't like a lot of candy, but I really like chocolate. Uh, Me too. You don't, you don't like a lot of candy? You kidding me? <laughs> I, I'm I'm the same as with you, Anya. I um I'm not I'm. He likes a lot of can. He likes a lot of candy. I enjoy chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you're not the only one, Anya. <laughs> It does seem pretty unusual, though. I think most people yes. are in Xavier's camp there. <laughs> um. So Emily, we know that you love to travel. Um. Do you? How did your your love for travel start? 
Um, yeah, that's a good question. I, I would say that um, it started mostly because um, I started traveling really uh, pretty young and um, that had a lot to do with my dad's job. So he was an engineer and he often lived um, all over the world in different countries um, for work the whole time when I was growing up. So um, so when I was around uh, seven, he actually went uh, to live in Pakistan for a few years. And then after that, shortly after that, he was living in India. And so, um, and that's also part of the reason why I went to boarding school with your mom was because my parents were uh, living overseas. Um, not since I was seven, mind you, but that was obviously when I was a little bit older. But, um, but the fact was that since um, my dad was living um, far away in all of these um, foreign countries, we would often go on vacations to visit him. And then since they were quite far away, we would usually take bigger trips and travel around in whatever areas uh, he was living in. So so we traveled to um, a lot of really far away and interesting places um, since I was pretty young. So we were traveling all over Asia. And, um, you know, so, for example, Pakistan and India were some of the first countries that I visited, um, which was pretty unusual for um, you know, a seven-year-old uh, at the time. Yeah. Um, so I think um, through those trips, uh, I got a lot of exposure to lots of different cultures and foods, and and I really um, found it fascinating then. And um, that sort of stayed with me um, through my whole life. So I feel like, you know, I just got kind of got used to it, and I got really curious about other countries um, since I was a kid. And so it's something that I continue to do um, as a teenager and basically all through my adult life as well. And and it's something that um, we try to do a lot as a family now um, as much as possible because um, I think it's just one of the most exciting and um, interesting uh, things that I, I think there is to do in life uh, generally. So do you know when the first time you traveled alone? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think um, actually the first time I traveled um, totally alone would be when I was 16. Um, and I spent a summer in France. Basically, you had the opportunity to go to France and learn about um, environmental conservation. I spent a month living in um, the French Alps together with young people, and it, it was amazing. We we basically lived um, in a house together up in the in the French Alps, and we spent our days uh, sort of learning about forestry and um, protecting the environment, and um, and then we also did a lot of fun stuff like going on hikes and visiting cheese factories and um, stuff like that. And uh, and also it was a chance for me to um, actually practice um, French as well. So that was super um, fun. And so that was the first time that I traveled totally on my own and I stayed um, for a month on my own in this little French village. So um, this is for both of you. What has been your favorite trip so far? Hmm. Do you have one? Do you want to start? 
I thought it was really fun going to Canada for half a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. So, do you know what part of the Canadian trip was your favorite? I liked going to this thing called Louisiana, which was like, you know, the big thing where they did lots of acrobatics. We went with, you know, our cousins. Oh, um, Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, the- yeah. Yes. It's kind of like where they do the trapeze and all the flips, and it's impressive, and I don't know how they do it. That was super fun. And I guess uh, for me, a favorite trip, I would say uh, one of the best trips that we've ever taken was um, to the Faroe Islands, um, which we did a couple of years ago. Do you guys know where that is? No, no we I do don't. not. I've never even heard of that place. Yeah, a lot of people haven't because one of the reasons is that it's a super tiny place and almost nobody lives there. <laughs> um, but there are these tiny islands, um, which are technically, I believe, they're part of Denmark, but they're also like independent. So, so they're independent, but also kind of connected to Denmark. But they are basically uh, in the North Atlantic. And um, they are these tiny islands. Um, and I think one of the interesting statistics is that they um, have more sheep than people living there. <laughs> and um, they're just really um, remote, but really beautiful. Like they have super dramatic landscapes, like crazy waterfalls and just amazing mountainous um surroundings i think one of the really interesting things we did was we saw a whole colony of puffins which are um yeah puffins are really interesting birds which are kind of like i would say the closest i can think of would be like kind of like a penguin but they can fly and they're extremely cute and they're um really like unafraid of humans (laughs) so you can really kind of like go up to them and sit next to them and there's like if you look it up on the internet you can see what they look like later um so anyway it's just this really fascinating country which is super like vast and remote and basically um there's very few people there so it's extremely quiet but the nature is very beautiful and very dramatic so that really stands out as a really fascinating place that sounds so like fun. I, I I totally want to see a puffin. Yeah, look at Google it later. I will. Yeah. So, um, Emily, do you know what was your your worst travel experience? Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. I've had some. I've had some um, messy travel experiences for sure. One travel experience was which was really a uh, little bit scary, actually. <laughs> I was, uh, it was actually a diving trip, which I took in the Philippines. And um, I went on a sort of a, a diving trip with this company, which was a little bit, um, they weren't, I, I think they weren't that professional. <laughs> and uh, basically, you know, we were, um, we were, I was doing a dive with a group for part of the dive. A few of us were actually kind of got a little bit lost oh. underwater because, because the people who were trying, supposed to keep track of us, they had kind of weren't really paying attention. And so, so it 
wasn't very long. It was maybe like, you know, just, it was probably just a few minutes, but it was really scary to kind of feel that you were in the ocean and that you didn't really know where you were. But it was, it was a really scary few minutes. And, and so that was, that was maybe one of the, one of the worst travel experiences I've had. What are some of your favorite museums that could be for both of you? If you have favorite museums, mm, I have I have some favorites. Do you have a favorite you want to talk about? Yeah, my favorite museum is probably one like in English terms would probably be like the technical museum, which is they have lots of like electronics and cool things with like phones and um, robots, robots and stuff. Oh yeah, like kind yeah. of like they put them on display and stuff like that. I think. We yeah. took a virtual tour of that um, during online learning. I forget what it was called. It was very interesting. Yeah, that's a fun one. Yeah. My favorite museums is, um, well, I have, a, I have many actually, but I think my favorite um, art museum is in um, Denmark uh, near Copenhagen, a museum called Louisiana, which is... Um, just this really beautiful museum. It's by the sea and um, it's, uh, they often have really, really uh, lovely exhibitions. Um, but it's a kind of museum that um, it's almost as much about like the actual building and the actual environment is almost as nice as whatever's going on inside. So it's just a really nice place to go um as a trip. Um, so it's just really pretty and I just love like where it's situated. And so that's one of my favorites. One of my favorite art museums, I we saw it, we got it in New York. What was it? The Jackson Pollock Museum. The Met, I, I think I'm pretty sure, we, I'm pretty sure it's the Met, but 2019 Christmas, we visited my cousins in New York and um, we got to see these museums. I love abstract art. It's very, very interesting. So like there was these ones that looked like they just threw like with a bucket not even splatter paint they just like threw paint with a bucket it was super cool and i especially like the jackson pollock jackson pollock museum yeah that's the met is great and and jackson pollock is also really really a fun artist um okay so what is the next thing on your wish list for travel vacation Mm, that's a hard one (laughs) there's always so many um do you want to go first well, I want to go to Canada again because I thought that was really yeah. fun. <laughs> but I've always wanted to go to Paris. That's a good one. So do you know where in Canada you want to go um, next? Probably Vancouver. <laughs> I like going there. <laughs> oh, is there anywhere that you haven't been? Oh, you said Paris, actually. Yes. Yeah, that would be your your, be your cool. bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I think that um, I would really love to go uh, to Africa um, because that's one continent that I haven't been to uh, at all. So uh, I would say that that would be pretty high up on my, my list. I think I'd like to go to Egypt, the Nile mm. River. It'd be really yes, cool. Yes, definitely. It'd be really cool, like... It's completely different from our living environment, so. Yeah, totally. Maybe somewhere in South America as well. Both Africa and, and South America, there are so many interesting countries within the, them that, uh, yeah, almost any of them would be would be super cool. So do you know, do you, okay, who inspires you and why? Um, is that for me or is that for Anya or? Both of you. <laughs> 
Um, you want to go first? <clears throat> I don't know if you've heard of this person, but there's this girl called Greta Thunberg. Oh, I know her. That studies for the climate, which I think is really yes. She's really cool. So I think she she's a very cool girl. Yeah, she sailed for she sailed two weeks to go to North America just to start one yeah. thing. She's yeah. quite amazing. She also has a documentary. We haven't seen it yet, but I do want to. I think it's called... I think it's just called Greta. Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely a a really great role model, I think, for both kids and adults. Um, So she is definitely inspiring. Um, I think for me, I was thinking about this um, because it was in your list of sort of prep questions, and I was trying to think of who might be interesting to talk about. And I thought of... um, one person who um, maybe would be interesting for the two of you, because um, because you guys are doing this podcast now, which is all about interviewing um, people. And um, so, so the person I'm thinking of is a guy called uh, Brandon Stanton, and he runs um, sort of a, it's both a blog and an Instagram page called Humans of New York. Have you heard of that or have you seen that? No, I haven't before. No. Um, it's one of my favorite things like on the internet or social media um, right now. And basically what he does is he basically takes a portrait of them and just uh, interviews them about kind of their life. Um, and he must have like a really amazing interview technique because he manages to get people to say um just the most interesting things about themselves. Uh, the stories that these people tell, um, they can be funny, they can be incredibly sad, they can be really dramatic, they can just be super crazy. And and it's just amazing, like the variety of different stories and lives that people have. And, and I think um, what I find inspiring about this particular um, uh Instagram page uh, is the fact that I think through the power of storytelling and really, really strong interviewing, um, he's created this really uh, international community of of people who follow his work and who are just genuinely just really interested in the human stories of of just ordinary people around the world and. And what's sort of happened through this building of community is that he's really sort of created this space where people uh, will help each other. Um, if, if there's someone who, you know, tells a story and it maybe they're in a sad place in their life or maybe they're they maybe sometimes it's a homeless person or it's maybe someone who's been struggling a lot through the pandemic you know there's all these people who will say okay how can we help this person and and so um so this guy brandon has often you know organized fundraisers and gofundme pages where all of a sudden like millions of people from around the world will just donate to sort of help this person that they've never met you know just this totally random person that has an amazing story or maybe just really needs help and and I think um, it's just this kind of beautiful thing that happens where just using social media to tell human stories has created a community where people are really helping each other I think that's really a good idea I have another question for both of you because I've always wondered about this with other countries so 
for us, like, maybe, like, a little road trip, we go, we go to Toronto, and we go, like, see a hockey game or something like that. But what are some of your favorite places you like to go in Sweden? Um, my favorite, one of my favorite places to go in Sweden is, what would you say, um, oh, an amusement park. There's an amusement park. <laughs> Um, that I like going to that has lots of fun rides and games you can play on. And I think that's really fun going there. Uh, one of ours that we go to is called Canada's Wonderland. I'm pretty sure it's the same thing, but there are all these rides. And there's my I think my favorite thing about it is getting beaver tails. I love beaver tails. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're, they're kind of like a doughy thing, kind of like in a cylinder, kind of squarey shape. And it's, like, really warm, and you can put, like, any icing or on it. So that's just one of my favorite parts of Canada's Wonderland. So have you guys ever been to Tivoli Gardens? Oh, that's really good. I like that place. Yes, we have actually been talking about going there. I've only been there once, um, but it was... Uh, actually, you know what? No, I'm wrong. You have been there, but you were um, only one years old, so you don't remember. <laughs> so, yes, so Anya has been there, but she was a tiny baby. So, but we have been talking about going there again. Um, so, hopefully, we'll go. It is fun. Um, we went there when we were obviously traveling like Sweden and Denmark. I have so many rides, but they're, they're really cool. There's one where it spins you around and your legs are hanging and you don't like, it's kind of, you feel like you're going to fall off at any moment, but it's really good. Nice. Oh yeah. What is your favorite place in Sweden? My favorite place in Sweden. Oh, that's, um, <laughs> that is a really, um, that's a hard one. Let me think for a second. I think that one of my favorite places is actually an island um, called Gotland, which is uh, a pretty big island in the Baltic Sea. And, um, and it's, we've actually been there a few times and I really love it because they just have amazing beaches and the landscape is like super beautiful. And, um, it's just a really, really special place. Um, but it's just such a lovely place to go, um, to go if, you know, to go swimming or just to go like, you know, just to go exploring. And, um, so that's one of my favorite places to visit, um, definitely in, in Sweden. That sounds so beautiful. So, uh, before we end, do you have any questions you want to ask yes, us? I have some questions. Do you have any questions? Um, how is it to be twins? <laughs> um, see, it, it's kind of balanced. Like, it's kind of like having someone there if you always need them, but also having someone there to always annoy you. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's, it's good. It's, There's yeah. goods and bads as with everything. Pros and cons. Yeah. Pros and cons. Yeah. If it actually, it's an amazing thing to be a twin. It's a very rare thing to have. Um, it's probably a thing that you know that someone's always by your side, no matter what, because they're always the closest person to you. It's very, it's very sweet that we share a very bigger bond than usually a brother and sister would do. So it just it's just amazing to be a twin. It's just awesome. Uh, I have a question which is kind of connected to that, and that is, um, you know, just seeing you do this amazing thing, which is this podcast together. Do you imagine that when you are adults, that you might end up working together or doing 
you know, something together uh, in your kind of eventual careers? Maybe. You never know. We could um, um, get the same passion and we don't know. And maybe we could go to the exact same place. You never know. It's possible. I don't know. Like, we, it seems like we're opposites, but we really aren't, which kind of makes it weird. But yeah, I, th- I think that's a possibility. Well, we'll we'll have to we'll keep our eyes open to see what what <laughs> what you two come up with um, in the future. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you guys. It's been really fun. Bye. Bye. Wow, that was a great interview. I really loved listening to how she's been to so many different places around the world. I thought they were super interesting, and I really have changed my mindset on going to those places. Um, I love talking to our first mother-daughter duo and our first international interview. My favorite part was probably that we got to hear about Anya's different, like, um, like the, the differences between going to school in Sweden and going to school in Canada. And I also find that it's super cool that you can speak fluently in both languages. As for Emily, she, I liked her job, but it seems so cool, kind of like a graphic designer for H&M, which is a really nice clothing store. So it was overall really great. Thank you for listening, and I know all the shows you listen to probably say this, but please rate the podcast and download the episode. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram. That'll be in the show notes. And if you want to say hi to us, we'd love to connect with you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Curious Conversations. Bye!